0: Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name as always is Devrim Tarak, and today I'm joined by Paul Sanders, Hello, Patrick Ramsahoy, Hello, and Dwayne McKinnon. Hello! So, no Patrick Gleeson today. Uh, he just finished his move, and we were kind of hoping he'd be kind of set up and ready to go for uh, for this recording, but unfortunately, he was uh, a, a week late in actually getting out to Nova Scotia, so he wasn't able to... P.I. Pre- or, sorry, P.P.I. I, I've been talking with Jennifer about Nova Scotia for the past <laughs> couple of days. So, uh, anyway, um, why don't we get started with our weeks in the hobby, or our month, whatever. Um, we'll start once again with Paul.
1: I love going to Paul first because he's never prepared. Cause, uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're not wrong, but shut up. <laughs> um, there's been a couple of things. The It's mostly been a lot of breakpoint. For some reason, this game has taken over my life. I am a slave to this game now. Um, it's very enjoyable. It's There's lots of content, lots of things to do. So... And it's one of those games you can just drop in for 15, 20 minutes if you got time to just do a quick little thing. And then you just log off and away you go doing whatever else you got to do. So I've been doing a lot of that in my free time. Um, I have watched a few shows, not too many to be honest. Um, I finished watching one that you were going to talk about, Dev, Mm -hmm. which was The Lost Pirate Kingdom. I guess it's a docu-series on Netflix. Um, Basically, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, this is what it was really like. And it was very interesting. I learned a lot that I didn't know before. And pretty much everybody died, whether it be from syphilis or uh, just general pirate death. But I also I learned that a, a, a lot of, a lot of the pirates didn't actually kill anybody. It wasn't towards the end that they got that reputation for actually killing people. They just would loot and then possibly just burn the ship. But I don't think they really like went out of their way to capture a bunch of people if they had surrendered and then just killed them all. That wasn't really a thing that they did. So that, that, anyway, anyway, I found that to be very interesting. There's another one that I haven't started yet that you're also going to talk about, Dev, (laughs) which is the, uh, Samurai Age of, Age of Samurai Battle for Japan. It's another docu-series. Looks to be good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Yeah. It's brilliant any of the movies that I've watched have mostly just been um, old things that I had seen before, like The Matrix and Mask of Zorro, mostly because like I told you guys earlier when we were recording, um, I have no time and the time I do have, I'm so exhausted that I just need something stupid and boring to listen to that I don't have to focus on so old stuff that I've seen before is great Um, it works good for that Uh, All the new stuff that I actually want to focus on, like Snowpiercer and a bunch of other shows, I really have to actually pay attention to, and I don't have the energy for that. So, like I said, it'll be next time I take vacation at Christmas, probably.
0: (laughs) You know Christmas is like (laughs) nine months away, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's probably the next time I'm going to get a vacation. So that'll be be when I'll probably watch some of this stuff. Um, But uh, actually, the only new thing I have watched is the first two episodes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. I have been following that on Disney Plus, and it has been good so far. And I'm sure Dwayne's got a whole lot to talk about. No, well,
2: I actually haven't... I've started watching the second episode. I haven't actually finished watching the second episode. But um, I did really enjoy the first episode.
1: Yeah, I find the, the quirky relationship between the two of them to be a little bit taxing. I'm not sure if it really works so much. Um... Mostly because I don't see those two characters like I don't remember them being like that from the films, and they've really sort of.
2: It, it, it's
1: it is literally a quirky quirky relationship. Once you watch the second episode, and there's there's a this whole scene with their Mena and uh, his uh, Bucky's uh, um, doctor person. It's like I was like, okay, this is a little bit strange, and I don't quite understand where they're going with this.
3: Yeah, because okay, that no, that's. No. That's no, not no. how
1: I saw them in the movies, so... Yeah. Starting
3: in Civil War, they kind of have a, a, a love-hate sort of a relationship, right? They they do have respect for each other, but uh, they they also got each other an awful lot.
1: Well, the the thing is, is like, um, yes, that that is that is carried on, but it seemed like the only reason they were associated with each other, they had anything to do with each other, was because of Steve Rogers. Right? And that's no longer a thing, so they're trying to sort of develop this own like quirky relationship with just the two of them. And it's very it doesn't seem natural and it seems it it's not serious enough. It seems very like I said, it's quirky. And I'm not sure how well it works. Like I see I see the show as more it's not like it's more of a comedy than it is anything. At least Mm. that's the impression I'm getting from it. And I and i'm not sure if i like that with those two characters because i like those two characters but i don't think they should have like that quirky of a relationship like bucky should be more serious than he is and they've made him to be very comic comedic and i'm not sure if i like that so well
2: i mean like like i said i haven't seen the uh the second episode. So out. the only reason kidding. that uh, I'm not jumping down your throat is that the therapist thing was in all the trailers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, um, Bucky in Captain America, the first Avenger is very much fun. No, I I mean, like, you know, there's, there's the whole thing in the bar yeah, yes. You no, know, no. you're with right. Peggy yeah. Peggy Carter but... in the dress, and he's there going like, "I'm invisible. I'm turning into you."
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. And
2: so I think, I think it's that they're showing as part of his recovery, he's getting back to that somewhat. He's getting his life
1: back. No, you no, know, I, so. I get that, but he was the Winter Soldier for so long that you know, it's just this whole seriousness that he just doesn't. Like, he should be a way more of a serious character because of that. But then again, they there was that whole line where it's like, I've been fighting a war nonstop for, for like 70 or 80 years or whatever it was. And that's true because, like, he was fighting and then they put him to sleep for however long until they brought him out and made him fight again. So it's just been one continuous thing the entire time. And I can see how he's having trouble with the whole, you know, becoming you know, back to peace and norm normality and stuff. And I get that it's being a struggle, but I find his character is just a little bit too. It it's, it's a very complex character that he's trying to portray. And I'm not sure how, how I like the way it's being done, but that's just me. So that's pretty much all I've got to say. I okay. Don't know. Let's move
0: on. How about you, Pat?
3: Um, okay. Well, let's see. As far as, uh, shows go, the only movie that I've seen recently is uh, the uh, new Rosamund Pike one that's on uh, Prime called I Care A Lot. Uh, It has absolutely nothing to do with genre. Uh, She's basically a woman who's uh, figured out uh, the ultimate scam and uh, what she does is uh, arrange to become the ward, the state ward over uh, seniors that are you know, dealing with Alzheimer's or not necessarily being there, but they're vulnerable because they don't have a whole lot of support behind them. So she throws them into a home, takes control over their uh, finances and basically sells off all their assets to keep for herself and distribute amongst all of her collaborators. And uh, she uh, finds out uh, that there's a, uh, a good target one day from the doctor she collaborates with and uh, so she you know, just Completely blindsides this uh, this woman, um, only to discover later on that uh, there was more to the, who this woman was than uh, what appeared, and uh, she's gotten. And so, Rosamund Bike's character has gotten herself into a bit of hot water. Um, did did you like the
0: movie? Because I watched it... it as well, and I fucking hated that movie. Like I yeah. wanted her to lose, and the fact that she kept skating through, all the way through the yeah. movie just really bugged me. The ending I was satisfied with, but throughout that, yeah. 90% of that movie, I fucking hated I, her, and I, I hated the character, and I hated the storyline, I hated everything about it.
3: Yeah, because there's, there's nobody in it that's redeeming in any way, shape, or form. Uh, there, So there's really nobody you want to root for. I mean, if you're not rooting for her, you're rooting for a mob boss.
0: I'd almost rather root for the mob boss.
3: I I was at times... Uh, I, I have to admit, there was a whole lot of, if you've got the resources that you should have in the position you're in, why are you being so direct in each other's attacks on the other, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the, the, uh, Peter Dinklage's character uh, starts off with the legal means of getting there. Well, if you've got a lawyer like that, why doesn't that lawyer have all sorts of private investigators that are finding out every little piece of information they can about her? To, to use against her in the courts. Mm-hmm. She, she hasn't been hiding exactly what she's been doing that well, that that uh, they wouldn't be able to find anything. Alright, so yeah, there are some plot flaws and so on. Uh, it, it was kind of an enjoyable movie, if you go in expecting that you're not going to really like anybody who's in it. Or, I mean, the actors are fine, the actors are good, but uh, the characters, uh, none of them are really all that likable. They're vile. Yeah uh as far as tv shows and so on go uh i've been uh, keeping up with batwoman so uh, seeing what the uh, new batwoman is like and they're kind of teasing that uh, kate kane's going to come back and that she's not and, um so we're at a point where maybe she they'd have to come back with somebody else but they don't have to and um it, it's interesting uh alice uh storyline is uh, getting developed a lot more uh we're finding out a lot more about why she is who she is uh which kind of makes sense because she's the uh, probably the most important character ca- carrying over from season one um let's see uh flash is playing on uh, netflix now uh doing uh weekly episodes uh so they finally resolved the uh uh, what was going on at the end of uh, season six before COVID went and uh, cut the uh, episode or the uh, season short? So it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. And they also explained what's going on with the elongated man, with Ralph Dibny, uh, seeing as how the actor got fired. Uh, so he he of course is uh, completely masked and well sorry he starts off just being. Uh, ...damaged beyond recognition, trying to get some information to exonerate his future wife. Um, And then he's in this uh, special protective suit to uh, help him heal while he's dealing with all the damage that he dealt with. And he's got a bit of a robotic voice, so, you know, in any way they can to disguise who this guy is... ...they've managed to figure it out and easily left an opening for uh, for the character to come back... ...even if it's not going to be the same actor. Um, Yeah, I gotta say
2: I was so disappointed that uh, Hartley-Sawyer turned out to be such an idiot.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Because I liked the character and I liked what he did with the character.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was good. But, yeah, you know, the real actor, you know, just like with with The Expanse and the way they took out uh, the pilot. I can't remember his name now, but because the actor was... uh, so toxic to uh, be touching they decided to write write off the character and...
0: oh really i didn't even know about that
3: oh yeah yeah he he got fired yeah, he's not coming back for the next season wow
0: the the oh, you're talking it, the, the martian dude
3: the martian dude yeah he
1: got he 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 died really he was that he was, that, to, thanks, he was toxic to work with
3: well it's not that he was toxic to work with he's just uh, been a uh, serious uh, player in the me too movement Oh, interesting. Weird. back to haunt him. Hmm.
1: Didn't
3: know that was why they killed him off. Um. And they, <laughs> they actually had to, uh, because it all happened after the uh, season had been filmed, they had to kind of fit uh, his death in, you know, have everybody come back to try and fit his death into the storyline kind of rushed as well, the way it happens. Yeah, it really, it really was, wasn't it? And what's going on, if it makes sense. Yeah. Another one of the DC shows that I've been following is Pennyworth. I have to admit, I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I could have. I've only watched one episode of, the, of season two. Uh, it's kind of taking over where it left off. We've got the same characters uh, coming back to the fore. The uh, Raven Society has basically taken over England, so it uh, has become a fascist state uh, everywhere except for London. Side, decide, well, do we stay on, uh, on the side of justice against the fascists, or do we just concede that they've won and uh, do our best to work with them? All is Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth doing his best to play off both sides while dealing with the fact that he had to kill his own father. It's a a very brutal world. It looks really interesting. I really like the character or the actor that plays Alfred Pennyworth. It's very interesting. Uh, I could definitely see him being uh, another Alfie if they ever wanted to redo that movie a third time. I've only watched one episode of it, so I can't really tell, comment on how the season is going with it. Uh, going on to uh, anime-type stuff, uh, I watched High-Rise Invasion. Um, that That's on Netflix. It's uh, a very similar sort of uh, plot to uh, Alice in Borderland, the live-action Japanese show that was out a, a few months ago. Um, so it's basically people have found themselves transported to a... a an alternate version of Tokyo, where it's uh, massively depopulated. Um, but in this, in this anime, they, uh, they're basically all on the upper floors of all the high-rises in Tokyo. Uh, they're not allowed to get down to the ground floor, that's all been blocked off, and they can go from building to building through, uh, basically, rope bridges that uh, create a path uh, through the city. And uh, there are these uh, bad guys called masks, whose job is basically to break down your will so that uh, you decide to end it all and uh, commit suicide by jumping off a building. And if you're not gonna go that far, if you're too strong for that, uh, then they'll actually just kill you outright. So you're trying to avoid these masks while at the same time, uh, figure out what's going on in the Story-wise, it's actually really good, Uh, but uh, I did have a big issue with it because the fan service in this is uh, through the roof. Uh, There isn't a single character, no matter what, or single female character, no matter what age, that doesn't get uh, a panty shot at least uh, once in every episode. Um, All the 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 two main female characters have uh, had their clothes ripped up uh, very early on into their introduction, and then they're going around half naked through the rest of the series. And considering that they're, you know, high school age girls, that's, uh, you know, that sort of tickles the brain all the time, too. Wait a minute, these are high school girls that are dressed like this. Right? So, it, if it served the plot, it would be worthwhile, but uh, it's a completely irrelevant plot. You wouldn't need to have it there, and it, it turns out to be... I found it very, very distracting from what's going on in, in a not-so-good way. Um, they released season two of Be the Beginning, another anime. This one... Uh, it was so long since I'd watched the first season that uh, I was kind of having to be reminded of what the the overall story was uh, every time I was watching an episode something happens and it's like oh yeah that's who that character is and what their relationship is and so on Um, so that's not so good I think they probably could have uh, done better by having a uh, big recap available on, on the first episode of it but it's basically uh you've got some kids that were genetic experiments for this country that lost a major war wasn't allowed to be militarized anymore and so they were working on these uh, genetic enhancements on kids to try and make up for what they couldn't do militarily and then uh realized that that would still be considered breaking the treaty and so they tried to kill the kids off while they're young and then um of course, the kids. some of the kids manage to survive, a, a significant number of them, and uh, they grow up. And now there's some, one bunch that's working for the government as kind of secret assassins. And, uh, and you've got the main character who's just living his life the best he can, discovering that he's actually part of this super secret plot. And so now he's trying to fight to support or protect the people that he cares about, uh, unravel all the conspiracies and what's going on. Uh, and at the same time, uh, combating his uh, the kids that he grew up with, because they've got their own agenda, which is, uh, you know, basically getting the genetically modified kids to sort of be it.
1: What show was uh, that again?
3: Uh, be the Beginning. Ah, okay. That's now, funny. season two is only six episodes long. I was kind of surprised by that. So mm. it... it just gets you to some place interesting, and then you're left off and having to wait till uh, till the next season comes out before you. They know.
1: like they like to do that to you. So.
3: Yeah, they do much more than. Uh, uh, actually, it's kind of what's going on with the next one that I watched, which was uh, Pacific Rim: The Black. So this is an anime <sighs> take on uh, uh, Del Toro's Pacific Rim movies. Um, so in this one, the uh, kaiju have basically. Uh, forced Australia to be abandoned. So you've got these two kids who are the uh, the son and daughter of some uh, Jaeger pilots uh, who are kind of just left with a small community out in the middle of nowhere, kind of hidden uh, with the promise from the parents that we're, we're going off to Sydney to get help and we're going to come back and save you. Of course, five years later, they're not back. Kids are... The young girl is... Uh, feeling frustrated and wants to get out of there. Uh, and she happens to discover uh, a Jaeger that was hidden nearby uh, underground in an underground facility. Uh, she activates it, which uh, calls in a, a Kaiju. It catches the attention of a Kaiju that comes in and wipes out their settlement. So now these two kids are kind of forced to go off and do on their own, say, training Jaeger. So it's a Jaeger that's completely stripped of all its weaponry and they're trying to survive with these kaiju all around as well as uh, basically a Mad Max kind of scenario because you have these other communities that are trying to survive and take advantage of everybody they come across. So uh, it's the first season is really just building up who the characters are, uh, introducing the characters that are going to become part of the team and so on. Uh, So there's a little bit of resolution to their situation but uh, are quite far away from being where they need to be. If you enjoyed the Dragon Prince, I think that you'd enjoy Pacific Rim as well. Uh, especially if you do like the uh, Pacific Rim movies, or at least the first Pacific Rim movie.
1: Um, the second one was special.
3: Yeah, the second one wasn't anywhere near as good as the first one, but it, I mean, it, it was still fun and entertaining. If you if you tried to suspend disbelief as much as possible, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and another show that Brenda and I have uh, recently gotten into, uh, this is on his Amazon Prime, it's uh, an older show, but it's uh, Ink Bastards. So mm. it's, you know, that old, uh, everybody comes together and gets eliminated one at a time as they try to do their best. Um, but this one is all focused on tattoo artists. So it's got Dave Navarro as uh, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers as the main host.
0: That's um, where I know him from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, and, yeah, we've gotten as far as season three. Uh, and, you know, it's the typical kind of show, but it still leaves you intrigued and wondering what's going on with the uh, different tattoo artists and so on. Um, I find that this one is a lot more adversarial between the contestants mm-hmm. uh, than most of the shows that I enjoy. So that can be a bit distracting at times. In uh, season three was the first time where you actually had a significant number of the... Uh, contestants who were actually willing to work with each other but i think that might have had to do a lot with this one character who was trying to make enemies every single way that he could and so they were just kind of as long as they had him to gang up on they weren't ganging up on each other but yeah we just finished season three uh, a little while ago or just uh yesterday i think it was
0: so i've been watching uh, little clips from that show on um uh, the, the Facebook's uh, videos um, tab, whatever. So yep. um, I, I've probably gone through about five seasons worth of like highlights from that show. And I absolutely love it.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the artwork is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's yeah. garbage.
3: Oh yeah. So of course, well, there's always going to be garbage, which of course makes me feel sorry for all the human canvases. I mean, yep. I, why would you get a volunteer to have a tattoo put on yourself when it's a com- com- competition, and you are running the risk of having the, the tattoo that gets somebody eliminated.
0: Well, but they're all I, supposed to be like professionals, right? So you're expecting at least yeah. a high level of of, of um, mm. uh, talent. And yeah. I don't know how some people go on the show because they draw garbage.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I mean, but also, I mean, you're getting artwork. Permanently inked into your skin. Mm-hmm. Why would you go to someone when their priority?
0: Because it's free. Is
2: not so much doing the best job they can for you. Their priority is to win around on a competition show. That's
0: it's it's big. Be- that's, that's insane. Because you're getting a five hundred dollar tattoo for free. That what-
1: yeah, and you get to be on TV. And you get to be on TV. But-
3: Personally, I, I can't. I can't stand those
1: types of shows,
0: though. I'm I'm actually the same with you. Um, I'm not a huge fan of those reality TV competition shows. Jennifer loves them. I, uh, she's been watching these this Australian cooking show called My Kitchen Rules, and uh, yeah. she's. I mean, Australians are crazy because they'll have like 40 or 50 episode seasons, and there's like 10 seasons of the show available on Amazon. So she's uh, spending the next year basically watching the show. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Pat. Continue.
3: fine but uh, (laughs) I was talking about has come up a number of times as uh, you know the client or the artist is saying well I only have six hours to do this tattoo I won't be able to give you everything you're asking for here's what we can cut it down to to fit with uh, what needs to be done and the client saying well yeah but I got to wear this for the rest of my life Uh, I don't care what that you're in a competition I want what I want
1: yeah that's the other thing. Well, that then why did you go to that guy? I did.
3: You know, like in the first hour, it's, up, it's often ran. Well, let's see, season one it was randomly chosen. Season two, you've got the initial competition, you know, the flash challenge, and the winner of that one basically gets to assign who does what tattoos. Uh, challenge. Um, so it's not like the uh, clients are picking who they're going to be working with. It's mm-hmm. it's either strategized or it's randomly assigned one way or another. I mean, you're coming in for a free tattoo, but you're you're being put with somebody you don't know, somebody who could easily be the worst one out of the bunch, the one who's always finding themselves at the bottom, and you don't know that because the season hasn't been anywhere close to being aired yet when you're on. Um, and yeah, you could end up having the worst tattoo possible. And they all have or you different could end up styles that... of
0: Sorry, they all have different styles yep. that they're um, uh, professionals in. Like they, they practice a lot, but then they're being exposed to styles they've never tried before. So, like, yep. if someone's never done an American traditional tattoo and that's the challenge, well, that's what they have to do. And, yeah. uh, and they have to kind of adapt to that which kind of show that they're versatile mm-hmm. enough to be able to do it.
3: Yeah. And, yeah, there there have been some tattoos by people who should be pretty good that uh, that look pretty crappy just because they're trying to, into this style they're not comfortable with or one they haven't touched in years or something Mm -hmm. like that um but yeah it 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 is actually a fun show uh gaming wise absolutely nothing new on the computer scene in fact uh i what what has happened in my life is that uh, we are switching to uh, foundry vtt for the online game for the, the alternate wednesday night game so i've been spending all my time learning that finding modules to add onto it that I'll find useful, um, building maps to put on it and, and things like that. So I have been staying away from uh, general computer gaming quite a bit. Uh, Speaking I am of enjoying- your
0: Wednesday night game, do you want to talk about any of the drama that's happened to lead up to where you are
1: now?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, there's been, uh, there, there's one uh, player I'll leave him unnamed, but uh, been a longtime friend Um. And he's got his quirks and uh, those of us who know him have uh, basically said oh well that's him those are his quirks and he's just being like he's going to be Uh, and uh, just leave it at that but of course we've got some players that have never been with this guy before don't know him at all uh, and we're really finding these quirks to be uh, irritating to the point where they quit and I've had enough people come into the get the campaign and then quit the campaign because of this player. Uh, that uh, finally decided. Well, things reached a point where he decided he was going to set out a game, and I got in touch with him and said, "Yeah, we've talked about things, and more or less have decided that it's probably best for the campaign if you sat out for ever now." And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, he he's. Been polite about it, but he certainly uh, let his uh, his uh, displeasure with being booted out uh, show uh, quite often. So, uh, just found myself uh, pushed to the point where I had to explain exactly why we were doing this, Uh, and uh, you know, he kind of got really upset at that, realizing that his behavior was ruining the fun for a lot of people and. uh, to the point where some people even quit, uh, and so he's apologized for it, uh, apologized to the group about it, uh, and we have decided to let him back in, give him a second chance.
0: Oh, really? I, I didn't hear about this part.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he's back in. Wednesday, we're going to be having our first session with him involved again. Hmm.
0: Uh, so I'm curious to see how it's going to turn out.
3: So am I, because I mean, he's been the way he has been, well, pretty much as long as I've ever known him. Yeah. So. Uh, and you know this back since back in the 1980s when I first met him. Um, so it, it'll be interesting interesting to see if he can tone himself down enough to recognize when he's reaching that point enough to start ruining things for players again. So, so maybe this is a conversation
0: is... that should have been had um, like maybe 20 years ago, and and maybe <laughs> things could have been different. Maybe I would have stayed in one of those Wednesday night games. Hey.
3: Yep, yeah, that that is very true. I mean, the thing is, back then we were too young and uh, to really recognize that the more adult thing is to confront the problem rather than to ignore it.
2: And, you know... That's the reason, um,
3: reason why it got as bad as it did.
2: And, you know, on my part... Go ahead, um, To be honest, I tuned the guy out. You know, like, he is the way Yeah, he that's is. pretty much
3: what I do as well. Like...
2: You know, and so I just, you know, I didn't even know that some of the people who had left had left because of him. I, ne- I never heard that. That's why I'll I stopped listen... playing all well, those days. You, know, you see, I didn't know that. No, no one ever, there was never any conversations about it afterwards, yeah. I guess I didn't ask, you know, and <laughs> stuff.
1: <laughs> well, you know, maybe a lot of the people um, at the time that was the reason they quit, but they said it was a different reason. Yeah. Like, you know, something's come up. I don't have time. Just yeah. because they didn't, they didn't want to, you know, um, it's all about avoiding, negative... avoiding conversation. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And then, of course, later on, it's come out that no, the reason I quit was I couldn't handle that guy. You know, and they might have confess to that like years later you know so that, that could have been also the other reason like you might just not have realized that that was the reason
3: mm-hmm yeah so he he will be back on uh, Wednesday evening and uh, I'll have to uh, make sure to be letting him know when uh, if he does start straying into uh, unpopular behavior. Because, yeah, I mean, I do want it to be fr- fun for everybody. And just because he doesn't like the role play uh, aspects that I threw into things doesn't mean that the other players aren't enjoying it. So we're at a point that's not really designed for you and your play style. I'm trying to design it to somebody else's play style. So just suck it up and uh, deal with it the best you can while, while that's going on so they can have their fun because they've had to sit through with the parts that have been fun for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Hopefully that's uh, what thing, how things are going to go moving forward. Uh, as for Foundry VTT itself, uh, I'm actually enjoying it. Uh, everything is uh, installed on my computer so I don't have to worry about uploading it uh, onto a server somewhere. So I just have to make sure that all my assets are in the proper file folders and I'm not doubling up on my drive space and things like that. Um, the, the way it the way you interact with it uh, makes a lot of sense, works pretty well. Uh, it does have an interface that reminds me a lot of, uh, of the way video games are done nowadays. You can look at your character sheet, but you also have uh, some hotkeys that you can sort of set up at the bottom of the screen for your the actions that you take all the time. Um, one thing that uh, seemed to catch us a little bit by surprise is that... Uh, you are basically responsible for your own damage. They're trying to keep that mechanic from the uh, the uh, pen and paper versions of the games uh, in place. So yeah, as the GM, I attack uh, people, well, actually no, it's a better to explain it from the PC point of view. They attack a monster, so you move up next to it or target it, you selected it, uh, you do your attack um, and it'll tell you whether or not you hit based on what the, the target has. Assigned as their AC, uh, as well as uh, any other um, um, uh, modifiers. <laughs> I'm losing it here. Modifiers that have been applied to the character, you know, situational modifiers or circumstantial modifiers, because it does allow you to select that as well, right? When you decide you want to do an attack, it, it has a checkbox is the target flat footed? So it'll take that into account uh, when you're doing your attack. But once the attack is made, you can't actually apply your damage to that character, it, as the GM I have to apply that damage. And just like when I do damage to PCs uh, it's kind of left up to them to apply the damage to themselves. So that that's a, a bit of an odd me- mechanic compared to uh, some of virtual tabletops that I played. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's uh, pretty fun. I can add all the atmosphere I want to a scene. I can control the lighting. I've got access to all sorts of special effects that I can uh, throw in there. For example, I've uh, created a a swamp slash marsh uh, uh, scene, and I've got rain falling, it's a bit foggy. got a soundtrack of crickets chirping that I've got playing in the background whenever you're on that scene. Uh, You know, just to add to a bit of atmosphere. Make up for the fact that we're not sitting face to face at a table. Um, So, so far, you know, I've only done it for one session and we haven't really gone through a full combat uh, with it, but uh, so far it uh, really seems like uh, it's a, a worthwhile way to go. And it can handle lots of different uh, game systems. And I think, as I said the last recording, access to the rules for those game systems uh, are actually free. They've been set up by people who want to create it and make it available. It's not something that comes directly from the gaming company. So I don't have to spend $50 to buy the set for the game when I have that rule set, either as a PDF or way back then.
2: Yeah. Um, it, is, it is important to note that they've only done this for games like uh, Pathfinder Second Ed, where the rules are freely available. Yes, yeah. You know, they, there's no uh, pirated D&D compendiums available for Foundry because you know wizards would sue them out of existence. And
3: yeah that pretty much is uh where I am in all this.
2: Okay.
0: Why don't we move on then to Dwayne Plasma
3: Okay.
2: Um so you know I'll just segue into my view on Foundry since uh that hmm. was talking about it um i think it has a lot of potential uh i'm so used to roll 20 that the quirks are going to take a little to get used to but um i will say that the spellbook mechanic in foundry is uh far superior than how spells are set up uh with the pathfinder free sheet in roll 20. so i'm in. I'm enjoying that. And uh, we'll see. See how it goes. Uh, haven't been up to an awful lot lately. Uh, I'm still not really watching much TV. Uh, As I said earlier, when Paul was talking, uh, I have seen the first episode of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and I did like it. I started watching the second episode. I got called away for something else, and I haven't gotten back to it yet. But uh, it's only been out for
3: you know, since a little,
2: since a little over 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. 3 a.m. 3 Eastern on Friday. So, um, but uh, So I should get back to that in the next day or so. Um, as well, I'm still reading on Marvel Unlimited, but slowly, I'm still on August 2013. I think that's where I was the last podcast, so I haven't made a lot of progress there. Uh, I've read the final book in Rick Riordan's Trials of, of Apollo. Are you guys familiar with Riordan? Nope. Uh, Have you heard of Percy Jackson?
0: Love the um... Percy Jackson movies.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so Riordan is the author of the Percy Jackson universe of uh, young adult novels. I've really enjoyed them. uh, I own quite a few of them. The rest of them I've read through the library. The only series of his I haven't read yet is The Kane Chronicles. So, uh, so yeah. So, he's very consistent. There is supposed to be a Percy Jackson TV show in development, which I think will probably serve the material better than the movies did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got my daughter hooked on them. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I finished up that. Uh, most of what i've been up to the past month or so has been gaming wise uh, something new on the video game front a friend of mine at work uh, got me into magic the gathering arena nice so uh was a bit of a pain to install i will admit i had to install it on my linux partition um, and that got complicated by uh, the fact that, for example, OpenSUSE, my distro choice, uh, does not, is not as advanced on certain common libraries as others. They've gone for stability over newer functionality. So that made things a little bit complicated, but I've got it installed. I've got it worked out so that I can update the client, and it does work quite nicely. And it is free to play. I mean, you can certainly spend all the money you want on it, if you if you want to. But unlike Magic in person, you can just play without paying a cent. And that's exactly what I've been doing. So uh, it's been. It's been fun, you know. Uh, I've taken, I've always been fond of white decks, going back to when I actually played Magic over, you know, around 25 years ago or so. (laughs) And I got to say, it does astonish me that uh, Magic has been going for so long.
0: Yeah, I remember the year it came out.
2: I, I, I never really expected it would last this long but it has and it's making more money for Wizards than ever mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah so you get a whole bunch of starter decks, you get, you get five starter decks when you start playing in the game um, one of each color and then uh, as you keep playing, you hit milestones and they keep giving you more decks so I think I've got something like a dozen or so but uh, my favorite is that white deck which I think is the first one that I that I got and I've modified it somewhat uh, with because you get free card packs as you as you play along. So I've put in cards that I've won you get wild cards that you can change to any card of that rarity. So I've used a few of those. Um, you know, I uh, had a lot of fun last night. Um, one of my yeah, tiniest ahead. creatures is a 1-1 one, one cat yeah, called a Charm Stray. A 30, yeah. sure. You know, I have a land that can put plus one plus one counters on any animal. <laughs> so I ended up with one of these 1-1 one, one things being 6-6 six, six, and absolutely kicking butt. <laughs> So, I'm I'm enjoying magic again. I never really I never really figured I'd be end up end up doing that. So that's taken up a fair amount of my time lately. Um, and that. So I've also been playing Pathfinder every two weeks. I'm in a D and D fifth ed game on Roll Twenty uh, every second Sunday. Uh last game we just all hit fourth level. And D D fifth edition is odd in that uh, third level is really important. And because of the concept I had in mind for my guy, I multi So I started off as a first level rogue and then I went paladin.
0: That's an interesting job.
2: Well, the thing is, is that uh, one of the three main types of Paladin in the Player's Handbook, I I understand there's a couple of more in different uh, supplements, but I only have the players, is called, uh, at third level, you take an oath and there are three different oaths in the Player's Handbook the one that I just was able to take to kind of get the concept really going is called the Oath of Vengeance. And, basically, Oath of Vengeance Paladins are all about uh, the ends justify the means. Evil must be destroyed. If you have to sacrifice your own, quote, purity, unquote, to do it, so be it. Doesn't matter. (laughs) So, my guy belongs to an order of these paladins, and they decided that he would benefit from training in the arts of the rogue before taking on the duties. They, they basically thought these skills would be helpful in the crusade. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> cool. that's, that's my concept, and now he is a 3rd level paladin. So it really begins to kick in. Um, and the whole reason we are recording at this particular time, and thank you again, guys, is that I have a ECR 12 EarthDon game coming up um, at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. So lots of gaming. And I decided to do a little bit more. <laughs> um, I'm liking Pathfinder, second edition. It's been slow to grow on me. And part of the reason why it's been slow to grow on me is that it is so different from d d 3.5 that trying to translate the character that I had built up over five levels um you know seven through seven through twelve or maybe it was eight through twelve i can't remember before we switched over um didn't work terribly well uh i think pat will agree with me when i say that garth in pathfinder is considerably different than garth in 3.5 yes So, but I am enjoying the system. And the more I read up on the system and get involved in discussions, like I've become active on the Paizo forums for Pathfinder Second Ed. I found myself wondering, what would it be like to try out a character from the start? And Paizo sponsors um, organized play. Uh, the Pathfinder Society. Um, There's also a Starfinder Society. Uh, I didn't, uh, I decided to take a break when they were trying out Starfinder, but there is a Starfinder Society. And so the idea is very similar to Shadowrun missions, where you're supposed to be able to take your character and participate in any Pathfinder Society game for your level of character. And that, whether it's at a comic shop or a local convention or online on Roll20. And, you know, there, there's it's set up, you have membership numbers, your characters have their own character number. It's basically a sin. Um, and, So I made myself a first-level bomber alchemist, and Thursday night I played in my first Pathfinder Society game. Uh, It was fun. Um, It wasn't without its flaws. The GM was primarily a Starfinder GM. He'd been recruited kind of last-minute because they needed a second one because of the amount of player sign-up. And I don't think the particular module was terribly well-written. But, you know, I still had fun, and uh, I felt like uh, my guy contributed overall. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to trying that again sometime, just not sure when. And that's really all I've been up to. So, Dev? Okay. Okay. The
0: floor is yours. My god, I have so much to talk about. Uh, nothing on the game front, really, although I guess there's one game I can talk about which I recently picked up on a Steam sale called The Tower of Time. Um, the main thing I like about it is it's uh, it's combat mechanics. Um, it's kind of real-time, but you set your... Uh, you, you can pause at any time. You set your party up to uh, do whatever tricks it's going to do, and then... There's like a series of waves of guys that pop out of specific locations and then you defeat them and then you kind of move on until you get to the next combat. So um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying that. It's uh, it's difficult. It's not an easy game at all. And uh, it takes uh, quite a bit to kind of master the uh, the combat mechanics. So I'm, I'm enjoying kind of getting my fingers wet into the Tower of Time uh, game. It's really the only new game I've played. I like a lot of Breakpoint, a lot of RimWorld. Um, there's not much else that's got my attention these days once i finished cyberpunk 2020 i tried going back to play it again but the ending hurt me so much that uh and i love that 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 character i was playing it's, it's tough to start over you know with a different character to kind of try one of the different um um path path life path life paths um to see how how the how that changes and how it affects um, the actual, not the gameplay itself, but the, the conversations and the, the maybe the outcomes of some of the missions. So I'm I'm hesitant to go back to that. I might give it maybe six more months, just really forget about that tragic, tragic ending of that game. Oh my God, it, it hurt. Um, so I've been watching a lot of shows and I've been watching uh, a couple of movies. So I want to talk about four movies. The first one I want to talk about is a German, and the, the, most of them are actually foreign, too. I, I haven't really watched a lot of um, North American movies, and some of the TV shows even are, uh, are North American as well. Uh, it's a, a movie called Freaks, um, where this mom, um, she, you know, she works at a gas station diner. Uh, she just leaves like leads like a regular life, and then she's a nice person. She's a good person, and one day she's being nice to a bum and um, and the bum kind of reveals to her that, that she has a secret past and that she should stop taking her pills so apparently it turns out that she'd been a um, a patient of this psychiatrist who'd been uh, giving her these pills and that uh, and that she should stop taking them so she stops taking the pills and it turns out she actually has superpowers and so she's just like a regular ordinary person trying to deal with what it's like to have superpowers so that was a very interesting movie And then, kind of in that same genre, I watched a a movie called We Can Be Heroes, which was like a kid's movie, really, more than anything else. I think uh, Madeline might enjoy this a lot. It's live action.
2: Oh, oh yeah. It's the the follow-up to Sharkboy and Lavagirl.
0: I don't know what that means, but those were actually two characters in the movie, so I guess that totally makes sense.
2: Yeah. So, um, Robert Rodriguez (laughs) has been doing kids movies for a long, long time now. He, uh, kind of found his niche there uh, with the Spy Kids.
0: Yeah, loved Spy Kids. Loved Spy Kids. It was the first movie. The second one was good, too. I don't think I liked the third one, but the first two were excellent.
2: Yeah, so anyway, um, during that period around the time of the original Spy Kids movies, uh, he did a segue into kids' superheroes, Called the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in three D. Okay, and it didn't do as well. Um, so when I heard about We Can Be Heroes, it kind of took me a bit by surprise because I it had been a long time, and I didn't really expect that he would go back to that well. Um, he managed to. He managed to get the actress who had played Lava Girl in the original film. Um, the guy who played Shark Boy was uh, Taylor Lautner really? from the Twilight <laughs> franchise. Um, and Lautner did not return right. for, for this one. But, uh, but yeah, so it was decent.
0: Yeah, I liked it. I actually liked it a lot. Um, so the the whole storyline is that there's actually a race of... Or um, uh, a bunch of superheroes that, that, that help the city. And then an alien presence comes and the heroes kind of unite to go fight them. And then they're all captured. And uh, then their children are kind of all put together in a uh, protective custody in in the superhero headquarters and uh, they decide oh we have to basically save our parents and so they escape the facility and then track down this alien menace uh find a way to save their parents it was it was really well done i very much enjoyed it it was cute but uh but but it was like the acting was great like the kids were fantastic and some of them were like maybe like five or six years old like they were they looked so young But they they all did an excellent job. It was was really fun. Uh, So that was a great movie. Um, Another one I want to talk about is uh, called Mortal. And not to be confused with the Mortal Engines movie, which a lot of people apparently hated. I still haven't seen it yet. Uh, Mortal is a, I think, Scandinavian movie. It takes place in Norway. uh, And it's about this American guy who... um, uh, Let's just say bad things keep happening to him. And then he just wants to be left alone. And then... um, uh, apparently he's of Norwegian heritage. He kind of returns home and then his house explodes. Uh, so he's basically trying to kind of figure out what's what's happening to him. Let's just say that this movie is to Thor what Brightburn was to Superman and leave it at that. It is fantastic. I wish Pat were here. He would absolutely love this movie. Um, and then the last movie I want to talk about is this Korean movie called Space Sweepers where... Uh, it reminds me so much of of like a characters in a, a Edge of the Empire game. It's basically this uh, this group of um, uh, I don't want to say garbage men because they're they're sca- they're salvagers. So they they sca- they salvage uh, wrecked ships and um, you know asteroids that are coming in. They you know grab them and pull them off track or whatever. So anyway, they're part of a. Uh, a group of people who are trying to do this and so they're all kind of competing for salvage rights. So there's a lot of uh, competition and animosity and they're basically um, barely making enough to survive. So it's basically a, a survival movie uh, about these these kids in outer space, these guys in outer space who are trying to survive um, in the salvaging business and all of a sudden they come across a, um, a sudden payday in the form of a kidnapped android slash child. Uh, and so they're they're trying to figure out what to do with it, and people find out that, that they've got this child, and and then they you know start hunting them down. So they're, it's it's part partially them trying to get away from being chased, get to a someone who's going to pay them money, so they can actually get a better life. So that that's an excellent movie as well. So those are the four movies I want to talk about. Uh, for TV shows, um, I'm watching this Nor I was watching this Norwegian show called Ragnarok. Where it's a small town in Norway, um, this family returns to their their home, and again, it's it has there's a supernatural or uh, uh, superhero and um, tilt to it because it's it's Norway. So um, one of the the guys uh, basically uh, is a descendant of Thor, and so that starts to awoke awaken inside him, and he finds out that their old adversaries, the the frost giants, had never really been defeated. They had just hidden underground, and they basically existed in this small town for centuries and so now his return kind of triggers them and then they they start having um conflict between them uh it's very very good show dark 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 show Uh, the next show is a brazilian show called uh omniscient i think i think it's the brazilian word for omniscient it's uh, super dystopian about this oppressive surveillance state, where there's a one company which um, creates these little uh, drones that look like insects, that everyone has like a, a drone assigned to them, if they're if they're living within the confines of this one city. And everything they do is under surveillance. And so the way they get around like privacy laws is that it's all AI driven. No one has actual physical access to any of the recordings. Uh, so even, even though you're under constant surveillance, like when you're in the shower, when you're making love to your partner, everything is constantly being recorded and analyzed by this AI to see if you've crossed any, any laws. And so, um, this one girl.
2: Oh, that, you know. Nothing could go wrong there. Right? No, no. Um,
0: and, <laughs> and it's it's fine in that the the company actually does an excellent job trying to keep humans away from it. Uh, but this one girl, all of a sudden, she she has started working there. Her father was a janitor in the location, so she's an intern basically. Her father was a janitor; he'd retired, and all of a sudden, her her father is murdered in in her house, and it doesn't raise any flags. So she comes and finds him dead and she's she's trying to basically figure out how it is that he was murdered no one takes it seriously they think it was suicide like but he was shot in the back how does he shoot himself in the back like that makes no sense but everyone is so used to the surveillance that if if the if the ai didn't warn them then what's there to investigate like like It's so foolproof, they think, that that no one could get around the system. So uh, they they don't take it seriously, and they basically brush under the carpet. So she decides she's going to break into the system and find a way to actually view the footage for her father's uh, murder. Um, Great show. Very dark. Um, I I really like that one, too. Uh, The next one I want to talk about is a German show called Biohackers where um, it's about a, a college student who uh, comes into this, um, onto the campus of this university in Germany, and she um, decides to kind of get in on this, uh, this program with a professor who is like at the bleeding edge of, um, of biomanipulation. So they're, they're using things like CRISPR to, edit, to, g- do, to do gene editing and um there's apparently a a background story as to why she's interested in this person and wants to kind of get close to her and find out about her her um uh, research uh that's also a a pretty dark but very very good movie uh i'm another weird futuristic movie uh, tv show that i'm watching is called osmosis uh this is a french series uh deals with a futuristic digital world although it's not too futuristic it's like basically our world just maybe 10 years in the future where um where all kind of where a lot of the interpersonal connection has gone digital so you know how we do all of our role-playing games now because of covid in a virtual environment well all kind of interaction starts going in that virtual environment whereas uh, to the point where people are actually having sex and not physically having sex but like emotionally having sex and in their minds having sex so their bodies react to the same way they would as if they were actually having sex, but it's all done, or a lot of it's done digitally. And uh, so there's this one company that that is perfecting a way to find like a true emotional connection, uh, your to find your true soulmate, basically. So they have like an AI that 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 matches a lot of whatever factors are are in your biology and your and your genealogy and then uses that to figure out who the, the person who you would be the most compatible with is. And then you basically approach them and ask if they would also like to, take, to partake in this. And then you're basically joined in such a way that when you close your eyes, you're like in this blank space physically with that person. Um, weird, weird show, but very, very cool. So I'm enjoying that one too. I, I haven't finished that one. Uh, I think all the rest I finished so far. Uh, the next show I want to talk about is a Danish show called Warrior about an ex-soldier who goes undercover with a brutal motorcycle gang in order to help the wife of his best friend who was also in his uh, uh, army platoon um, who's a cop and she's been basically been trying to bust this the leader of this gang so you know, he basically does it to help her uh, because he feels responsible for the death of her husband there's there's a whole thing. Um, also, a very good show, um, brutal, brutal, because that the, the, the gang is not a, a, group, a, a nice group of people. But yeah, so that was a very enjoyable show as well. Um, Pat or Paul already talked about the Lost Pirate Kingdoms, which is that docu series about the pirates, specifically in the Caribbean. But um, uh, I, so he also mentioned that I was watching Age of Samurai. I just finished Age of Samurai. It is amazing. Uh, it's all about the um, the Sengoku period. So that's the the period. Um, I can't tell. I, can't, I don't remember exact dates, but it's it's when it's when um, before the the rise of the shoguns. So it's when there's a period of 150 years of civil war. Uh, that there are generations basically that are born knowing nothing but warfare, constant war, and um, and and some of the important generals and uh, daimyo who were in charge during that period and who competed in order to get to the final point where someone is finally uh, assigned the the title Shogun and actually means something. So that, and that's kind of like the end of that time of strife. So it covers that, the maybe like the last 40 years or so, maybe the last 30 years of that 150 year civil war. Very very good docudrama. Um, f- I don't know if those who are listening maybe have gone on some of the Geek Nation tours trips. The last one to Japan, um, one of the people who was um, kind of leading the tour was a historian named Stephen Turnbull. Uh, He's one of the guys who actually uh, takes part in the historical portion of this docuseries. Uh, there's a third docu series I want to talk about and this one is kind of close to my home it's called rise of Empires Ottoman I haven't started this one yet that's the next one on the list once we're finished with the Pirates uh and um it, it deals with basically with the same kind of thing it's a uh, docu series so there is their historians talking about the time period where the Ottoman Empire was in in um, power and at the same time kind of um, at the same at the same time as they're talking about it because there, there's it starts with talking heads just dryly talking about the time period. And then it goes to a a dramatization of what's actually happening with like proper actors and, and wonderful special effects, that sort of thing. So that's the next one on our list. Uh, I just started a show called uh, the Irregulars and, or maybe it's just Irregulars. And this is about the, uh, the street kids that uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, James Watson, Jim Watson, James Watson. Watson. That's James. Hey, yeah, Watson and Holmes. You know the Sherlock Holmes. Um, they they used to hire these street kids, street urchins, to kind of go into places where they, as you know, gentlemen, couldn't go to to find information. Um, so this is kind of the same story, but told from the the viewpoint of the irregulars, these street urchins. And, um, and there's like a bit of a supernatural element to it as well. So like, there's one person in, I've only watched the first episode. There's one person who can control birds. So there's a bunch of bird attacks that happen. Uh, so, and they're trying to figure out how, um, this person got that power to be able to do that. But, so one of these irregulars has a gift where she, uh, she sees things. So she has these prophetic dreams. And, uh, sometimes she'll, even when she's awake, she'll, um, she'll see like a ghost or something. So... Uh, there's there's a bit of that supernatural element. I, I'm iffy on the show so far I, I don't know if I'm if it's gonna be good. Um, a lot of the uh, the mannerisms of the kids, um, like the things that they do to, and the people they do it to, uh, if this was real life um, in London at that time, they basically would have been beaten to a pulp or left for dead or just outright killed without any repercussions, because I mean, uh, this one girl, she's uh, Asian, first of all, um, living in the streets of London, no name, no nothing, and um, she talks back to uh, the the footman or the, I guess the, uh, the butler for a noble, and he doesn't basically kill her on the street, which was so unbelievable, uh, just knowing anything about that time. So um, I don't know if I'm gonna like it, but uh, but so far, it's okay. The first episode was good. And then there's two, and this is so weird, figure skating um, shows that I've just finished watching back-to-back. <laughs> back. Uh, okay, I, 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 more explanation <laughs> needed here. I know, I know. So the first one is, uh, it's called uh, Zero Chill. It's about this family who, uh, where the son is like this uh, hockey hopeful, uh, basically a hockey phenom, and the daughter is a figure skating. Um, she, she's. I don't. I don't know if she's a champion, but she's at least like on the track to become a champion, and uh, her her brother gets this opportunity to go to England to get taught by this uh, amazing um, uh, Russian. Uh, coach who used to be like an Olympic champion, and then like I don't know, I don't know what other World Series champion or World World hockey World whatever. I, I don't know anything about hockey. Uh, anyway, so he he has this camp that he runs and a team that he runs. So he's drafted basically. He's offered this opportunity to go to England and study under this guy and see if he can progress his um, his ability. And he's basically the best player on the team. Um, initially, everyone hates him because he's not a team player at all. He's, he's very much focused on himself. And this really falls in line with the Russians uh, viewpoint as well. If, if you're an exceptional player, the rules don't apply to you. You do whatever the hell you want. Um, you're the most important person. So, and, but at the same time, the kid has a bit of rebellious streak to him and the Russian doesn't like that at all. He wants total obedience. So th- there's there's a lot of conflict there. Uh, so at the same time, the girl has been basically ripped away from her Paris partner because uh, she's a Paris skater and tries to decide if she wants to continue figure skating at all, but it's it's like the only thing she cares about. And without that, her whole life is basically crumbling. Um, it's it's a very interesting drama. I, I really liked it. And this this one's a bit more um, happy because it's like this whole family setting and the family is is super supportive, but th- they, they seem to be more supportive of the boy's dreams and less supportive of hers. Uh, so so there, there's a lot of conflict in there. The second one is called Spinning Out. And this one I think is a bit older. Maybe it's two years old. Uh, this show is about um, a figure skater who had this very promising career, had an accident, um, like a, where she was in the hospital for months because she cracked her head after a fall. And that, the PTSD from that scarred her. And it turns out she also has bipolar disorder and her mom has bipolar disorder. And so she has a totally dysfunctional family. Her younger sister is also a figure skater. So she's deciding, uh, if she even, she's done competing for now. Uh, she's trying to maybe become a coach and, and see if there's something for her, uh, going forward still with figure skating. Cause she's, she doesn't want to go on the ice. Really. She doesn't want her mom. Doesn't want her to compete at all. Just wants to try to keep her safe. Um, and then she decides she she's a, a lone skater like she skates solo, and um, she's approached by this another Russian coach who says that she'd be perfect partners with this uh, guy who just lost his partner, and uh, so she initially hates him and and her best friend's a skater and sure her best friend hates him like they they there's this love hate relationship. Turns out there was a bit of a history to them. Uh, anyway, great drama. Um, uh, Again, kind of dark, uh, but but very enjoyable. I I really like that. So that's, I think that's the end of everything I want to talk about. That that took way longer than I wanted it to, but I had a lot to get through. So those are my shows. Uh, Let's move on to segment two, news and rumors. What do you guys got?
2: I've got a couple of things. Excellent. So... The big thing uh, from the world of comic books is on the business side. Uh, Marvel has signed a deal with Penguin Random House, one of the largest publishers in the world, to distribute their books. So uh, this is kind of the other shoe dropping for Diamond, the big comics distributor. Mm -hmm. um, Shops are still able to order Marvel books through Diamond, but Diamond is now basically a wholesale customer of Penguin Random House for Marvel uh, monthlies and collections. And that shops can also, if they choose, uh, order their books directly from PRH, and for example, they offer free shipping, free freight, which Diamond does not. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all this shakes out on the business side of things.
0: Um, Was it um, DC that got rid of Diamond the first time, or that was Marvel as well?
2: Uh, No, DC DC in the past few months... uh, ended their business relationship with Diamond.
0: Okay, so now everyone's kind of dropping Diamond.
2: Well, the, the big two basically have, mm. also um, because uh, basically the big change for Diamond is that instead of ordering their books from Marvel, they're ordering their books from PRH. Right. Um, Nobody's going to be getting their books directly from Marvel anymore. Marvel's basically outsourced that part of the business with this deal. So, uh, it may be easier for a number of shops to continue using Diamond as the wholesaler. Uh, But some shops probably will switch over uh, because that option is now there. So, it's definitely not a good thing for diamond. Uh, it may end up being a good thing for comic shops. Hard to say at this point.
0: Well, I've, I've heard a lot of complaints about just dealing with diamond and, and having them actually deliver the things that they're supposed to deliver. So maybe this will be good for everybody.
2: Yeah, could be, could be, um, uh, other little bits and pieces of news, uh, the red band trailer for the Suicide Squad has dropped. Yep, I put
3: that on our page.
2: And uh, it looks very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it's It's been interesting seeing some of the online reaction to it. Uh, I follow a number of these folks on Twitter. Uh, I'm a particularly a fan of a comic book writer named Gail Simone, who is ex- extremely entertaining to follow on social media. Um, and she basically, after seeing this, tweeted out to James Gunn that, you made a movie just for me! To which Gunn tweeted back and replied, I did. So, um, apparently, a lot of inspiration for the movie came from Simone's run on a title called Secret Six. Uh, So, I would like to see this movie. I I, I enjoyed the original, mostly. You know, it's not a movie that I'm rushing out to, like, uh, see again. But uh, from the looks of this trailer, this one is very much a James Gunn movie. So if you enjoyed his efforts on Guardians of the Galaxy, it's quite possible you're going to like this one. Okay, (laughs) great. Um, The other piece I've got is this bizarre thing. Um, Greg Berlanti's production company is making a live-action version of the Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And to which I just... My head just goes, huh? Yeah. Um, But the pilot is happening. It's been cast. Um, They've cast uh, Chloe Bennett of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Blossom, for example. And I'm a big enough fan of Bennett's that now I kind of want to check this show out. <laughs> okay. uh, so, yeah, live action Powerpuff Girls. Um, I don't know, man.
0: Powerpuff Girls.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, I have fond memories of the Powerpuff Girls, although I never really watched the show. Uh, a good friend of mine, Stefan, was a big fan. And. You know, going on uh, 20 years ago, I was in Australia uh, and I decided to drive up the coast. And I'm glad I did, the scenery was gorgeous. But along my route was of all things, the city of Townsville. (laughs) There is a city called Townsville in uh, Australia. So I had to stop and take a few pictures so I could show Stefan that this actually existed. Even funnier is that a couple of years after that, a good friend of mine moved to Townsville. So, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, other than those three, those 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 are the main three things that kind of caught my attention over the past the past little bit.
0: Okay, the only thing I have really is there's a new mobile game coming out from Marvel called uh, Marvel Future Revolution. Uh, looks pretty interesting. It's apparently supposed to be open world, um, so you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, it's, it's coming soon. We're not quite sure when. Maybe in like the next two or three months we'll see it. Um, there's obviously going to be some sort of mechanic where a lot of people are kind of playing the same character um, at the same time, so there's there's some sort of um, interstellar or interdimensional uh, apocalyptic event happening that's going to draw all these heroes together to uh, to take part in the same city at the same time. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I have no real information about it other than the teaser trailer that's been launched so far, where it shows kind of like six uh, starting characters, uh, like uh, Captain America, Captain Marvel, um, Spider Man's going to be there. Um, uh, uh dr strange uh, maybe a couple more uh with multiple different costumes so you'll see that there's um there, there's there's gonna be a lot of like um i don't know how to call it what, what you would call it uh costume options available at least for your for your player characters so it looks interesting um i'm probably gonna try it when it finally drops um i'll let you guys know how it turns out i don't really have anything else uh do we have a segment three you guys want to talk about anything, uh, I do anything have... burning
2: uh, no, I don't really have anything. I did want to have mention one more anything. thing for news, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, I'd forgotten about this. Disney has updated a number of their release dates for various things, and they've established that they're going to be continuing with the whole release to theaters ticket online streaming
3: model.
0: Simultaneously.
3: But they've they've been doing lately. Okay. Well, basically following what uh, HBO Max is doing, or Warner is doing with HBO Max. Right.
2: Yeah. So, um, for example, Black Widow now apparently has a fairly firm date for this July. So, yeah, you know, I really hope that movie theaters survive this nonsense. It's been over a year now of... uh, very, very bad times for movie theaters.
0: Yeah. It's probably the thing and, I miss most, um, with this whole COVID lockdown thing. Uh, I, I'm, we occasionally still go out to eat in, in, restaurants. So, but mainly like 90% of the time it's, it's takeout only. Uh, but the one thing I miss doing is going into a movie theater, sitting there and just watching a movie.
1: I think, I think that there, there's definitely like, I know I've heard that from a lot of people, um, I don't think they're going to die in any form or fashion. They'll still be around. They may have to scale back for a while, but um, a lot of people like to go watch movies in a movie theater. It's not, you know, they don't have all the fancy seating and everything that they can get at a movie theater at home. At least a lot of most most people don't. And, and, and the
0: overpriced I, movie popcorn, which is so delicious, much better than any <laughs> movie popcorn I can make at home.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's things like that, but I, it's, it's just the experience of seeing it on a big screen that people are still going to want. They're going to want that. They're not, you know, it's not like, oh, I could see it at home and not go out. But a lot of people just want to get out of the house. There's and that. And there's the going, whole... going, yeah. Going to a movie is, is it's a, you know, they just, they're not at home. They get to go out and do something, go see a movie or whatever. It,
0: it's but, but even more than that. And no matter how large my uh, TV at home is, it's not an IMAX screen. It's it's not going to fill my vision, so I feel like I'm right there in the middle of what's happening. It's always going to be removed from me, right?
1: Yeah, and you're never going to have the same sound that you'll get from that either.
0: You won't get that rumble in your chest when a (coughs) tank goes by nearby.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you've got, like, you know, you're a millionaire and you can set up a home theater that's, like, legitimately like an actual theater, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to get the same experience. So there's always that level of um, appreciation and desire to see it that way it's always going to be there I, I think there's they're going to be okay you know they've had a shortfall in revenue of course and things are going to be a little bit hard at first but it's not like people are, have made the switch over permanently you know yeah.
2: so and yeah'm I'm, I'm kind of focused on the Marvel releases. Mm-hmm. So they're actually planning on 3 Marvel movies actually hitting theaters this year. Black Widow in July, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, September 3rd, and finishing off with The Eternals in November. So
0: it's funny I always get The Eternals and The Celestials mixed up.
2: Well, that's because the two the two are very much intertwined. Right. Um but I am really looking forward to Shang-Chi.
0: Really, that's the one Uh, I'm least interested in.
2: Well, I'm largely, like, I've enjoyed the character over the years. Um, Dan Slott did some interesting stuff with him during his run on Spider-Man, which I'm just kind of in the middle of uh, on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, And, you know, it's stars one of the guys from Kim's Convenience. Right. So, I mean, hey, wasn't <laughs> nothing like here? Fair enough. That is such a good show. You have heard it's cancelled, right?
0: I have not heard that it was cancelled. What? When, when did this happen?
2: Um, just recently. Oh, um, last couple of weeks. That makes me so um, sad. Basically, uh, the creators um, of the show decided... Oh. To move on to other projects, and the production company decided that without those two, there wasn't really any way to continue the show at the quality it had been. Okay. So um, it's ending after four seasons, despite the fact that the last time it got renewed, it got renewed for two. Mm-hmm. They there had been plans for a fifth season until the creators decide to move on. Uh, Simu Liu, who uh, will be playing Shang-Chi, uh, really not happy about this decision.
0: <laughs> That's the son, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah. because apparently uh, there will not be the resolution to the father-son storyline that he was hoping for.
0: Right. So, I mean, that's kind of real life, right? No matter how much you may want things to work out with you and your family, it doesn't always happen. So maybe that's more real life than, uh, than they wanted.
2: Yeah, but uh, since you're interested in um, Kim's Convenience, I was reading um, Bleeding Cool, of all places, which is not where I would expect to be seeing stuff about Kim's Convenience. Um, one of the... Secondary characters is actually getting a spin-off. <laughs> okay. um, so uh please the sons, me Shannon. Um it
0: might be actually. Really? The the lady who runs the uh, the auto detailing shop or yes. rental place? Uh,
2: one second. One second here, I just gotta double check something.
0: Okay. <laughs> that would be very funny i said that as a joke because she's like the least important person on that show she has nothing to do with like the whole concept of the show is it's dealing with uh korean culture in canada and kind of their integration with with the other cultures that are available on the streets of toronto so the the fact that the person who's like least important to that storyline uh the white girl who the the son is interested in slash works for the fact that she would be the spit off character is very funny. I don't know why it makes me laugh so much, but it really does. Have you guys watched the show? Yeah. So... Oh, I haven't.
2: Oh, my yeah. God. you so, got to get into it. It's but, so yeah. good. There, the, yeah, there was an article on Bleeding Cool of all places. Um, Andrew Fung, who plays Kimchi, is going to... is creating a brand new series, um, where he'll be the lead playing a stay-at-home dad uh, with an entrepreneur wife and two kids who, quote, decides to take a different way of living life in the suburbs. Cool. I I would Um, definitely watch that. Is it it, also a Canadian...
0: He's a Canadian actor, so is it going to be a canadian show? Yes, this is a
2: Canadian Canadian show. Cool. Um, It's apparently been in the works since May of last year. Cool. Uh, And... uh, The other one is uh, Shannon Ross, who the character is moving to a new show called Strays. Uh, She leaves the car rental place, moves to Hamilton for a new job, and uh, it's done by Kim's Convenience co-creator and Schitt's Creek writer Kevin White. Cool. So apparently White's been working on this off and on since July of 2018.
0: Well, wow, that's my like first sh- season of Kim's Comedians.
2: Yeah, apparently he had this idea then, and it's been slowly, and the show is now currently in production.
0: Okay, good. I would definitely watch that too. Uh, anything else from anyone?
2: No, nah, that's all I've got.
0: Okay, well, why don't we call it here then? uh pat in case you're ever listening to this i mean you definitely will listen to the episodes that you're on but you're not on this one so maybe you'll actually listen to it if you are we missed you kind of um and hopefully you'll be back for the next one even though you won't be able to join us for the live stream for a couple more weeks until you get your computer but uh but hopefully you'll be back for the next recording i, um, I don't know how much he's
3: <laughs> being here because apparently his brother gave him a bottle, bottle, of, blue a bottle label. of a bottle of blue label
0: yeah 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 Uh, apparently I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to uh, uh, PEI so I can help him drink it. (laughs)
2: Uh, Okay, I know Blue Label is great, but is quarantining for the whole time you're there drinking it worth going for? Uh,
0: Quarantining there is no different than me (laughs) quarantining here other than I don't have to deal with cats and their litter, and uh, and I won't have Jen to bug me. So, sounds like a win-win. (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding chad just in case you could hear me up there
2: (laughs) yeah dude if she hears this you're toast (laughs) no no, i'll be fine
0: anyway uh thank you for joining us for another episode of the out of the basement podcast and we'll see you next time
2: Bye. bye
0: thank you for joining us for another episode of the out of the basement podcast We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash ootbpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.